Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I'm doing well because it's my birthday. Well, it's my birthday week. It's at the end of the week, but you know, I like to celebrate the whole week, the whole month. Actually, it's a big month in our house because it's my birthday, my husband's birthday, and our anniversary. But I am turning 47 this week. And I embrace every bit of it. I'm so grateful for another year of this incredible life. So grateful for my blessings and so grateful for you, my friend, that you hang out here with me. And so I want to share the love. What is a birthday without presents? I've done this the last uh, few years, but we're going to do a podcast review giveaway for my birthday week. Um, I would be so incredibly grateful if you would take a minute this week to leave a podcast review in Apple Podcasts. Um, And I am going to have a drawing each day, Monday through Friday, of everybody who left a review and pick somebody to send a present to, a little note and a little present to. I have this whole cabinet in my bedroom just full of like beauty counter and essential oils and supplements and just fun stuff that I have ready to um, to send out. And so I would love to send something fun to you. And all I ask is that you just leave a short review. And as much as I love and I'm so appreciative of the kind words. I'm not trying to fish for compliments or anything like that. Truly, I ask because it helps. Um, it helps make this podcast more visible, um, easier to find for people who are looking for a Christian health podcast. And it makes it easier to find for practitioners like Dr. Axe and Dr. Z who are trying to reach a Christian audience. They found me by um, looking for Christian podcasts to go on and um, they're their people reached out to me, but it's because uh, mine popped up. And that's because of you, because of the the nice reviews that you've left there. And I just appreciate so much your part in helping move this, uh, this mission, this ministry, this good news of real food, the way God made it forward. And that is a huge gift to me. And I'm incredibly grateful. And so um, that will be fun. So we'll be doing that all this week. And I'll find you um, if you If you leave the review, I will let you know who the winners are for that. Okay, so also, I thought it would be fun to do a little bit of a different episode. Um, Instead of kind of coming in and focusing on one topic, I thought we could do some Q&A. So I just pulled some questions that, you know, I get questions from all over the place, Um, whether, you know, I get them on Instagram or somebody emails me or some of them come out of the Christian Health Club group. Um, Some come from my best friend. So... (laughs) I just kind of threw some of them in here and thought we would go through with them and also kind of just update you 
on some different things like supplements I'm giving my kids and, and stuff like that. So let's just jump in. Um, I thought I would start with the supplements we're using in my family. I do have a blog post uh, called food and supplements that I give my kids. I think that's what it's called. Um, something like that. You can find it on the on the website. And I go in and I update it. And but I thought I would just also share with you here, we're all in that kind of frame of mind right now, right? We're back to school. So we're kind of getting back to our regular routines and trying to get our meals um, cooked and ready for all of the schedules we've have going on. And then also turning our, our minds to how we might want to supplement to, to boost, boost immune systems and such. And so where we are with my family kind of looks exactly like it did last year. Actually, we're still taking uh, liver pills. I think liver is nature's uh, multivitamin. And so we, uh, we all take the liver, well, except for Blair, because bless her heart, she still can't swallow um, capsules or tablets or anything like that. If you have any suggestions for that, any tips, please tell me. We've tried some different things like putting in an applesauce, peanut butter. It's a total mind thing. I can remember trying to learn when I was young and just like barfing up water because <laughs> I was swallowed so much water trying to take down uh, swallow pills that I would just like barfed up water everywhere at my friend's house. Um, I was just thinking of that. I was like, oh. my mom was at work. And so I went home to a friend's house and I had to stay there for a few hours, but I had some kind of medicine I had to take. I mean, God bless if somebody sent their kid to my house and I had to try to teach them how to swallow a pill, I would not be happy, <laughs> but I'm sure it needed to be done. Anyway, I was just, uh, thinking about that. So she's not getting the liver pills. That's really the only thing she's not getting. But we're all taking the liver pills. And I kind of, um, I change it up. I kind of cycle between uh, vital proteins and perfect and ancestral supplements and heart and soil. I just kind of go through those. Um, we take a probiotic. Um, we take fish oil. Fish oil is kind of controversial, really. You may not know that, but it is. And we'll do a podcast on that sometime. That's its whole own episode. But we do take some fish oil, not every day, day in, out, year round, but we um, we do take it sometimes. So kind of cycle that in. We're also taking CT minerals from Cellcore. It's a little dropper full of the, um, the carbon technology minerals and magnesium. So that's kind of the regular things that we do. We have also, I've been also giving my kids, um, kind of started this, I don't know, towards the end of summer, a gut drink. I call it a gut drink. That's just the easiest way to, to describe it. Um, you know, it really kind of help shore up the integrity of their gut lining, you know, help protect against le leaky gut, repair leaky gut. It's called Mega Mucosa by Microbiome Labs. And um, actually, Carly told me she was having some good luck with that with her people. And so I thought, oh, let's throw this into the mix and shore up our gut lining a bit. I will cycle in some vitamin D here soon. It's not something that we take year round. We don't take it in the summer. I try to minimize in the summer. In fact, I, I'm not going to pretend we took this every these things every single day over the summer. We kind of let up a little bit on supplements, even though I haul a lot around with me. It just doesn't always get taken as regularly because we're not on a schedule. And I don't freak out about that because 
I don't think it's a bad thing to cycle these things out a little bit and then bring them back in. So uh, we're just back on our schedule with it. But anyway, I will cycle in some vitamin D. We don't typically take that in the summer, just one less thing. And also we're all getting a bunch of sun and soaking it up. But as we move into these, you know, colder months and oh, the virus seasons here, I will uh, pump that up a little bit. I also just ordered the um, the zinc with quercetin that Carly has talked about in a couple of episodes from Organic Olivia. Um, so we will start cycling some of that in. Also the NAC, N-acetyl, uh, N-acetylcysteine. We've also talked about that. The precursor to glutathione, which is your body's um, major antioxidant. And so we will start using that. Um, and by the way, Christy had a question about that. We were, she was ordering it and she was wondering if it is more effective, if it is as effective on, um, if you take it with food as on an empty stomach, because Carly had talked about, you know, it works a little bit differently and Christy was trying to figure out the best way to take it. Um, but it is a lot more powerful if it's not taken with food, but you know, it's better than nothing if you do take it with food. So just so you know, you know, it's got some antiviral properties about it. It's just going to work a little bit stronger if it is not taken with food. Some people can't handle supplements without food. So, you know, you just do the best you can, right? Um, we're also going to bring in um, some of these nasal sprays. I'm going to have um, the stuff on hand, the, the colloidal silver, the Exlear, and vitamin C. And let's see, I also have the beekeepers, um, the beekeepers spray uh, from beekeeper, I'm sorry, beekeeper naturals. It's like the bee immune spray it used to be called the propolis spray. Um, it's made from the propolis and propolis is what bees make out of the plant and tree resins and they use it to kind of like wallpaper and defend their hive from germs kind of cool right um, and so it can help help us as well and it has over 300 beneficial compounds like vitamins and minerals and antioxidants and so I have that um, as a just a immune measure as well so that's kind of what we've going got going on I have a lot of supplements in my cabinet y'all um, these are just kind of the ones at the forefront actually I leave most of the ones that we use regularly out on the counter and I don't like that. I need a better system because I don't like looking at them. It's just so much. <laughs> it's like the focus of the counter, you know, and I don't like that, that, you know, vibe, that feeling of just that's kind of what you're looking at. Anyway, I need to seek out like some or organization specialist. But these are all on my master wellness and supplement list that if you have not downloaded yet, please do. I have, um, it's like a, I think it's like seven pages and it goes over all of my, you know, my top 10 game changers um, for health and wellness, um, you know, about ordering supplements. Um, I, I direct most of my clients to Fullscript, which is this online dispensary. And so I go in there and I put all my recommendations in there and then I can give an across the board discount. And so um, it's just a great place to order from. And, you know, am ordering from Amazon, yeah, it's convenient. And sometimes, most of the time it's fine, but it can also be kind of sketch ordering from there. Um, sometimes 
what you're getting is not always what they say it is. It could be expired. Anyway, I just, I prefer ordering from Fullscript for, um, they have so, so many choices. But anyway, there will be the links to that. But in this, so in this master list, I have all that information. And then I have supplements kind of broken down, you know, by category, like all these I'm talking about, like everyday kind of vitamins and minerals and cold and allergy and um, energy or, you know, if you have digestive issues. And so just suggestions for all of those things. And I go in and update it. And it's like a Google Doc. It's not fancy. But um, apparently, I've been told that as I updated, it should update for you. And I hope that's the case. So I just keep it updated. And I go in there and change it if I find something I'm using, you know, that's better or different um, or something like that. So go and get that. It is you can go to my website and get it the christiannutritionist.com. It's under free downloads. You know, I'll also link to it in the show notes. So you can find it. Um, okay, I also wanted to give you just a little insight from some client feedback, really, um, that I've gotten recently, just kind of interesting, I think. So I've had several people going through the four month the uh, four month cell core foundational protocol, which I just kind of call a gut reset, you know, but it's it's even more than that. It is going in and really giving kidney support, liver support, lymphatic support, it's systemic support uh, for mitochondria, just everything. It's just a really good um, streamlined uh, way to kind of reset your system. And so I thought I would just share with you a, a little bit of the feedback that I've gotten here recently. Um, Monica said, she said, I could tell a noticeable difference in my abdomen in the first week of using phase one. Now, a few weeks later, I'm noticing more of a decrease in abdominal puffiness and also puffiness around my arms and underarms. Yay! That's what she said. <laughs> Yay! I, I say, yeah, that's right. And that's been several months ago. And so, you know, as with this this protocol goes, there's like peaks and valleys. You know, you see some good stuff and then you feel kind of icky bears. Um, that's just how it is because it's detoxing. It's pushing things out. It's making your cells work better, which means things are pushing out. Um, and detoxing better. And sometimes that doesn't feel so great. Um, some other good feedback we got was from Julie. She and she, this was after she went through the whole thing. And she said, I feel great. And it helped get rid of the bloat I constantly had no matter how good I ate, I would highly recommend the protocol to anyone. Um, and so that's a good point is that, you know, like we've talked about here, you can change your diet, and that can be really good and everything. But you know, we bring a lot of damage uh, from the many years of the way we've been eating and medications, you know, antibiotics, toxins, all kinds of things um, that have changed the balance of our our gut bacteria. And so that can be a real problem. Um, and when you go in and do a gut reset like this, it can be very helpful. Um, and so it was for Julie, and I'm so glad. Um, Lindy, she had a really interesting, she kind of had all of this, you know, a lot of the same, um, a lot of these same side effects as well, these these good uh, results. But she also stopped biting her nails after always biting her nails. I think maybe her whole life, she said, or for a long time, she stopped biting her nails after doing the cell core protocol. Isn't that fascinating? And then she also, while she was doing the protocol, I mean, she went all in. I love her. She is all in. She is always working on her health and trying things. And I just love her for it. But she was, she also did an elimination protocol kind of alongside of it. 
And she was really trying to get to the root of this um, kind of like a like a throat. I don't know what, what she called it, like a throat clearing. Like a, <clears throat> she's like her husband said that she's always makes these weird throat noises. And so we think of like maybe like <clears throat> that clearing the throat kind of thing, that allergy-ish um, thing might be going on in the throat. And she'd been on allergy medications for years and years. But she went through this elimination protocol, um, eliminated eggs brought them back in. And as I have um, recommended and told you here, how you need to do that is to do the whites and the yolks separately, because sometimes um, people are just sensitive to one and not the other. And it turns out that she is sensitive to the egg whites. And that's a bummer. You know, it certainly is a bummer and makes things, you know, a little more challenging as you're cooking and such but her throat thing went away and she was able to get off her allergy medications because she discovered that and so I thought that was um really good work good work Lindy for you know do doing the work there and figuring that out and um, being able to go off, off those medications by figuring out what was triggering her system. So I always think that kind of stuff is so fascinating. Um, so those are just a few kind of insider notes from what's going on with um, my family and clients and the club and all that. But let's answer some questions. So this one comes from Judy. She is in the health club. And here's what she said. What do you think about hydration drinks? I bought a sample pack of Element. They do use stevia extract in the sweetened ones. Unflavored does not have any stevia. Um, the whole serving has 2,000 milligrams of sodium. How much sodium should we have per day? Okay, so I think actually, I think each packet of Element, so she's talking about there's an electrolyte drink that's made by Rob Wolf. He's a pretty big, he's a famous kind of figurehead in the uh, in the paleo world. He wrote The Paleo Solution. I think that's his book like 10 years ago. He's a great guy. And anyway, so this is his product, really good product. Um, but I think it has 1,000 milligrams of sodium per packet, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. And boy, they are salty. <laughs> they are very salty. And so I can see where someone uh, who drinks it might be like, oh my goodness, this feels like way too much salt. Um, so let, we'll get to that, like how much salt do we need? But let's just kind of start with why we need electrolytes in the first place and what they do in the body. Um, electrolytes are electrically charged minerals that are critical, so critical to so many uh, functions in the body. A few of them are regulating fluid levels. Um, they help direct water to the areas in your body that need it the most. Um, and so if you're somebody that kind of always feels dehydrated, really having these electrolytes, these minerals, especially uh, salt, helps the water get into the cell more efficiently, get to the cells that you need as well. Um, the electrolytes also help keep the pH of your blood in the normal range. They enable muscle contractions, including the beating of your heart. They transmit nerve signals from heart, muscle, and nerve cells to other cells. They help blood to clot and they help build new tissue. Okay. And so these hydration drinks come in handy because they deliver a good dose of the electrolytes and are especially useful for people who are physically active, sweating a lot, you know, whether it's exercise or maybe you work outside and it's really hot and you're sweating a lot and your body's fleshing out. 
um, a lot of the electrolytes that need to be replaced. Um, like I said, they're just really good for better hydrating the cells, getting the water molecules more efficiently to the places they need to go. So if you do feel like you drink a lot of water, but you don't feel hydrated, you um, could benefit from adding some of these electrolytes. And if you are on a lower carb diet, these electrolytes can be helpful, um, especially when you're transitioning to a lower carb diet. Low carb diets are more diuretic by nature. So insulin makes your body hold on to more water, okay? And when we lower carbs, we lower insulin, and so our body can finally release that water weight, <laughs> you know? And so it's funny in Feast to Fast, um, this is, you know, this is often the first weight that people lose is this water weight. And a lot of people, and I think I've said on this on here before, kind of poo-poo water weight, like it's just water weight you're losing. Um, it's not fat. But listen, girl, the first step is to lose the water weight, okay? So that is, that's a great step. It's part of the um, transition. But you have to be careful. You know, I tell people in Feast to Fast, if you're on blood pressure medication, be cautious because, hey, now you may not need so much. And if you stick to a healthier diet, you're not going to need it at all right? Um, but what you do need is salt and other minerals. And if you're fleshing them out too quickly through urine or sweat, or you're just not getting enough, then these electrolyte supplements can be helpful, but not junky ones. Okay. And most of them out there are junky with a bunch of sugar and dyes and artificial ingredients, and that's not helping your body. Element is a good brand. It's a great brand. It is definitely really salty and a lot of people can't take that. Um, I like them. Um, and upon a recommendation from a fellow nutritional therapist, um, who is now also a, a Feast of Fast coach, Jessie, she sent me one of the chocolate salt element packages and she told me to put it in my coffee. And I was like, well, that sounds kind of weird, but okay. Um, it is so delicious. It's like chocolatey, salty coffee, and it is really yummy. Um, so there's that. My kids will not drink the elements just because it's so salty. But we've been using uh, Ultima, and it's a pretty decent brand. And my kids, they like the blue raspberry and a flavor and the cherry pomegranate. And it's kind of like their version of blue and red Gatorade. <laughs> That's what I can like give them instead. You know, it's it's much better quality and, um, and they like it and it's pretty decent. So that's what we've been using. And, you know, some of these better quality electrolytes do use a sweetener like Stevia and that's totally okay. Um, just remember that you've got to be careful with that if you're trying to fast because that sweet taste can uh, raise insulin. So I would avoid any of the sweet ones in my fasting window. Um Although Element does make an unflavored one with no sweetener, and that would be fine. Um, but, you know, like I said, when you look at Element, it has a thousand milligrams of salt in it. And so I think that's, you know, Judy's like, this is, seems like a lot of salt. Is that too much? So here's the deal. The RDA um, recommends, the, the RDA recommendation is a little over two grams per day, which equates to just over half a teaspoon. Now, the thing with the RDA, the recommended daily allowance, is that usually that is not an optimal target, okay? It's more of a at least get this much so you don't get sick kind of target. You know, it's very conservative and on the lower end of the spectrum. 
I found some interesting um, data on the Element website that goes over a 2011 study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association looking at sodium intake as it relates to cardiovascular events like stroke and heart attack. The likelihood of health problems was quite high in individuals consuming less than two grams of sodium per day. And the lowest rate of events was at about five grams of sodium per day. Okay, so that is more than double at five grams of sodium. That is more than double what is recommended by the American Heart Association, the FDA and the CDC. What's particularly interesting is that the study, uh, the authors of the study noted that one must get as high as eight grams of sodium per day to see the same degree of problems as below two grams per day. So like you're going to see the same problems if you're too low two grams or under or too high, eight grams or, or over. But that's a pretty decent clear zone in there, you know, with um, in the middle about five grams being optimal. Another study published in preventative uh, medicine found that not only was sodium restriction ineffective in hypertensive patients, those who consumed lower than two and a half grams per day of sodium had consistently higher blood pressure than those who consumed larger amounts. And um, in this study, it's important to note that it was done in a population that uh, one could reasonably assume that a reduction in sodium intake might actually be helpful, but it was not. So how much a person needs is going to vary, but somewhere between one and a half to three and a half teaspoons per day is a good target. I've had people ask me if you can take too many of these electrolyte packets. And, you know, as you can see, you can get more salt than you think and be okay, but you don't want to do anything to excess, you know? And if you're still eating a standard American diet or a standard earth diet, as Dr. Z <laughs> kind of recoined it, um, with lots of processed and fast foods, you know, you're getting a lot of junky salt, a lot of junky carbs, that it's going to make you retain water and throw off your fluid imbalance and blood pressure. So, you know, don't do that. Um, I don't drink, you know, hydration drinks daily. I mean, I do sometimes, but what I often do is add a pinch of salt to my water. Um, you've heard me say that, right? Salty lemon water is delicious. Um, and I'm not afraid to salt my food. And I recently polled people in social media to ask if they salt their watermelon. Do you do that? I didn't do that. I'd never heard of that. I didn't do that growing up. But my husband does that. And I thought it sounded disgusting until I tried it. And it's amazing. It brings out the, uh, it makes the watermelon sweeter tasting. So I'm a fan. I am a fan of the salty watermelon. Um, and we use the Redmond's Real Salt and Celtic Gray Salt around here. Okay, question two. This comes from Lori in Washington State. I love when people tell me where you live um, because I think it's just amazing to see, um, you know, where we're connecting with, with everybody. Um, so that's really cool. Lori's from Washington State, and she asked, I'm fasting 19 to 20 hours Monday through Friday and eating normally, not fasting on the weekends. I feel great. I've lost a few pounds. I need to drop about 25 pounds. And my question is, is that okay? Um, it, I mean, it goes against the norm, 
And maybe I just need to renew my mind around this, this new way of living. It's doable for me. It's not really hard. And I feel good. I just don't want to do something that might not be healthy. So the short answer that I gave Lori, I said, you know, if you have weight to lose, and you feel okay fasting 19 to 20 hours during the week, then you should be good to go. Um, But I also told her you might find that as you near your goal weight, you may be inclined to fast less, and that would be your body's natural response. So I kind of gave Lori the short answer. I think this was on Instagram, um, and I didn't want to, you know, write a book here. So I thought I would expound a little bit on that here. So if Lori is fasting 19 to 20 hours during the week and not fasting on the weekends, um, it's not uncommon. You know, once your body is able to burn fat for energy, and you've got some excessive energy on your body to burn, meaning fat, got some extra pounds, um, then your body can go longer without food because it's got plenty of stored energy to use. You know, the fat on our body is stored energy. And so when you are metabolically flexible and your body can burn fat, then it will. <laughs> That's why it's so great. But if you're stuck in sugar burning mode, um, it can't use the fat. And you are likely not to be able to fast that long because if it can't um, access the fat for fuel, once it burns through the sugar, then you're going to need more sugar. That's why, you know, you kind of get these vicious uh, sugar craving cycles. Um, and by the way, if you have weight to lose and you don't fast really long, but maybe do a, anywhere from a 12 to 16 hour fast, which is what we do in Feast to Fast, that is fine. I mean, don't feel like you have to fast longer if you have weight to lose. Um, but for Lori, you know, it was feeling good and it's not hard for her. And so that works, you know, and like I said, as she gets closer to her goal weight, she might find that she doesn't feel good fasting as long because there's less fat to burn on her body and her, her body might want her to eat a little more often to get enough energy. But I do know of people who fast this long, even at their goal weight. Um, and, you know, as long as they're feeling good and don't have any deleterious side effects, then it's okay. You know, everybody is a little bit different. And so we just can't compare our fasting times, you know, with other people. It's very individual. So just don't ever compare yourself, your fast to someone else's fast. Okay. All right. Um, next question. Is it better to have full fat Greek yogurt or non-fat? And that came from Kelly. And I thought this was um, just a good one to include just as a little reminder. I think you know what my answer is going to be. In fact, let's just say it together. God did not make cows with low fat udders. <laughs> so we are going for the full fat sister. Milk does not come out of the cow as skim or 2%. There's not a skim udder, a 2% udder. It just comes out gloriously full fat. Um, but, you know, I know when you're standing in the yogurt aisle, and most of the yogurts are low fat and fat free, you question yourself. I mean, you do. For those of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s, and we had that fat free model ingrained in our brain for so long, even though we now intellectually know that natural fat like that from dairy is healthy, those old habits die hard. And we're feeling bullied in the yogurt aisle. <laughs> by all the low fat and fat free yogurt but do not be scared of these naturally occurring healthy fats you know they are packed with 
um, and not just in yogurt, but just these naturally occurring, whether, you know, from these animal sources, right? Because that is how God packaged it. And with this natural fat comes fat-soluble vitamins like A, D, E, and K. God packaged those vitamins with fat on purpose because that is the way our body is designed to use them. And when you start stripping fats out of foods, you miss out on that synergy and the bioavailability of the way they assimilate in the body. You know, when manufacturers go back in and quote unquote fortify products, like adding, you know, synthetic vitamin D and, you know, it's, it's never the same as how God put it there naturally. You know, your body, it just doesn't recognize it as well. Why do we do dumb things like that? I don't know. Um, it's kind of like how we think we can make meat better by making it out of plants, which is that what you call an oxymoron? I don't know. I just think it's pure hubris to think that we can make food better than God can. Anyway, okay, that could just take me off on a tangent, girl. I'm not gonna go there. But choose the full fat dairy products. You know, studies actually show that full fat dairy is better for weight management than low fat dairy. It keeps you more full, it has less crap in it, like sugar and artificial flavorings and all of the other things they have to put in low fat dairy to make it taste good and thicken up because they've taken out the fat. Um, and if you can find grass-fed or organic full-fat dairy, that's what you're looking for. I do love Greek yogurt. The way that it's strained makes the protein content higher, and I think that's a good thing. Most of us don't get enough protein. Um, just avoid the artificial flavorings. Add your own raw honey and fruit. That is a beautiful way to bring real food together. Now, speaking of protein, I got a question on Instagram that I thought was a really good one. Um, and it says, oh, I didn't, I didn't put her name down. I'm sorry. I forgot to add your name to this. Okay. Um, but she said, hi, do you worry about kidneys being affected long-term by high daily protein intake? Okay. This was during the carnivorous experiment. And so that was her question, which I thought was a, just a really reasonable one. So first of all, we've got to talk about what's considered high protein intake. Okay. Again, the RDA for protein is not an optimal target. It's like eat this much so you don't fall into ill health number, okay? The RDA for protein is 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. One kilogram is a little over two pounds. It's a lot of numbers, I know, which I don't like, but this is how it's presented. I'm like, just tell me in pounds. Okay, but one kilogram is a little over two pounds. So that would mean that the RDA for a 150 pound woman would be 54 grams of protein a day. I recommend that you get 70 to 90 grams of protein a day. And some experts suggest even more to get at least one gram of protein per ideal body weight. So for instance, if your weight goal is 150 pounds, getting 150 grams of protein a day. That is a lot of protein. <laughs> I'm not even sure how much I was getting on my carnivorous experiment because, you know, I'm not, I don't look at that stuff. But if I had to guess, um, I would guess it was close to 80 to 90 grams per day. So, I mean, I don't even consider that excessive. Um, that said, here are the things to consider if you're eating higher protein. The first is digestion. If you're not digesting it well, this can have a trickle-down problematic effect for your kidneys. Um, I shared with you how I did have some ups and downs with 
um, my, you know, protein intake and digestion during my experiment, and that I should have been prepared with some supplemental stomach acid and enzymes. We also have to consider liver and kidney health when it comes to protein utilization. You know, when protein is broken down, uh, nitrogen is released, which is toxic until it's turned into urea by the liver and then excreted by the kidneys. But any problem or dysfunction with either the liver or the kidneys can cause nitrogen to build up and poison the body. If you're looking at a blood test, you could look at your bun number, your blood urea nitrogen. If that's high, it can mean one of several things, dehydration, excessive protein, or pro, poor protein utilization. So again, if you're not breaking it down, you know, your protein, uh, if you're not breaking your protein down well, your body can't use it well, you know, and kidney insufficiency um, is also could be a problem there. Um, dysbiosis, you know, imbalance in gut. So there's, there's different things that could, you know, go into this. But um, you, the first thing is you always have to be digesting your food well. And then your organs, you need the health of all your organs to be doing what they need to do. So everything can be proce processed well. On my original blood test, you know, the big whopper one, when I discovered the thyroid antibodies, my bun was a little bit high. This was before carnivorish. Um, it was a little above functional range. And I attributed that to dehydration. But it might have had a little something to do with low stomach um, acid as well. Um, but it basically stayed the same even after my carnivorous experiment. I think it went up by maybe one point, um, which again, considering how much I upped my protein, I'm surprised that it didn't go up more. Although, you know what's interesting? Um, a few weeks ago, when I was visiting a friend outside of Houston, she was asking me all about carnivore. And she was wanting to give it a try as kind of a reset. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do it with you for, you know, a little bit. So um, I jumped back into carnivorish for about a week. Um, and this friend and I were texting photos back and forth, you know, for accountability, which is essentially the same thing that I do in the Christian Health Club, you know, when we're posting for accountability. So I shared it with the, cl the club members that I was doing it. And I, you know, invited any of them who wanted to tag along and jump in with us to do it. And <laughs> I hashtagged it girlfriend carnivore. You know, just doing a little carnivore with your girlfriends. Um, maybe we should make that a thing. You know, maybe we should do a an experiment together if anybody wants to. Yeah, you let me know. Um, anyway, this time I was more prepared. And so I took a few hydrozyme, okay, which is the stomach acid supplement that I like to use. And then I also have clients use an experiment with. And, um, you know, it's the stomach acid. It's really critical for being able to break down protein. So many people are deficient in stomach acid, like a ton of people. So this is kind of one of the first lines that we are looking at when it comes to any kind of digestive distress. Do you, are you, you know, have enough enzyme activity? Do you have enough stomach acid to break down your food? And so I was actually pleasantly surprised that um, when I took the the hydrozyme, um, I didn't need it. So here's the thing. when The way that you know if you need stomach acid and how much you need 
is by basically doing a dosing experiment. So you get the you get the stomach acid supplement and you um, you take a tablet and then you increase your amount like every three days or so. And you keep doing that until you feel something that we call the burn, um, which is like heartburn or kind of like you took a shot of whiskey or something like that, you know, just kind of like that burn. And so when you've done that, you know, you've overshot what you need. And so you take one less than that. I know that's kind of confusing. So for example, if you were taking four hydrazyme per meal and you felt the burn, you would know your do- your dose is three. Okay. So it's it's called the, uh, the HCL loading experiment. But it's what I like about this is that this is a good way uh, your body gives you feedback. Like if you don't need stomach acid, you're going to feel the burn right away. You know, if you do need it, then you will be able to tolerate it until a certain dosage when you feel the burn and then you just back down. Um, By the way, Christian Health Club members, the instructions on how to do that loading test is in your portal. So don't forget that it's there. It is a good self-test to do if you're having digestive issues Um, or, you know, also is a good good thing to have on hand if you're going to be significantly increasing your uh, your protein. Um, but anyway, so this last time when I I was doing a girlfriend carnivore, carnivore, I took a few of the um, the hydrozyme and I got the burn. I mean, which historically um, that didn't happen very much. When I I could tolerate a pretty good load of stomach acid, but I, I, I really couldn't this time. So that made me happy. I feel like I have improved in that area. So that is a good thing. Another thing um, that I wanted to add in answering this question is that I do cycle out protein here and there, which I do think is a good thing to do as a little bit of a cleanse. So we have our Equinox Detox coming up in the Christian Health Club that aligns with the fall Equinox which happens, um, you know, at the transition, the official transition into fall around the 20, you know, 20th, 21st, 22nd. I'm not exactly sure when it is this year. Um, And we do this three-day little cleanse. We keep our protein at less than 20 grams. And and so we cycle that out um, or cycle it down, and you can do it either three days consecutively or in the pattern of the ember days, which is two days, skip a day, and then do it on a third day. So like you would do low protein Wednesday, Thursday, skip Friday, and um, and then do it low again on Saturday. I did a whole podcast on this last year called the Equinox Detox. So if you haven't listened to that, um, or even if you have and need a refresher as we go into it, you can check that out. It's episode 79, and I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, like I said, we will be doing that in the health club together. But if you want to do it, if you're not in the club, and poor K, no, why aren't you there? Um, but if you're not and you want to do it, you can go download the outline. It's kind of just the simple bare bones of how to do it um, on my website. It is, um, it's under free downloads. And if you scroll down to Equinox Detox, you can find it there. Um, It doesn't have all the scripture and everything that we include in the health club version, but at least you have something to go by and it's enough for you to understand what to do. So you can actually grab it while you're also getting the master wellness and supplement list. They're right there under that same tab right at the top free downloads. Okay, the last question we're going to talk about today is actually not really, it's not a question that came directly to me. 
but it was posted in one of the Hydrogeninus superativa Facebook groups. HS, as it is shortened to, is the genetic skin condition that I have, and so I'm in um, a few of these support groups, um, just kind of, you know, in there with everybody else who has it. So here was the question. Does anyone compare their sores to those of a leper and question God? That was the question. And it pierced, she asked the group this, okay. And this pierced my heart because you guys, I could so relate to this question. I never thought of the skin condition as so much as in the sense of being a leper, although I can totally see where she's coming from, but it definitely affected my relationship with God. So what you have to know about this condition is that, and this is so super gross, um, but you get these big fluid filled sores. I called them bumps, my bumps. They're almost like ginormous zits. And for some people, when I say ginormous, I mean like golf ball or even baseball size. Okay. They're incredibly painful with all of this like, you know, fluid buildup, you know, just think of a big zit that's about to pop and it's like real tender because it's so, um, you know, it's just so filled and all that pressure. So just think about that uh, golf ball or baseball size. Um, most of the time they're hidden, so you can't necessarily see them. Somebody wouldn't necessarily know that you have it. Maybe, um, they're usually in the growing area or on your bottom or in your armpits. Those are the most common places. Although you can get them on your scalp, your belly, your back. Um, also I had one when I was in high school, right around my hip bone, and I will never forget because we were practicing a dance for drill team and we had this move where we kind of jumped down onto our bellies on the ground. Oh my gosh. When I hit the ground and it just hit my hip bone right there um, in that bump that was there just right. Oh my gosh. I almost just came out of my skin. The pain was so jarring. Oh, I'll just never forget that. It hurt so bad. I looked around to see if anybody had made me see this, you know, make this excruciating face, but nobody did. Um, actually I had what's considered a pretty mild case. I mean, it was bad enough, but nobody knew. I, I didn't even tell my parents. Well, I didn't tell them the full extent because I was embarrassed. You know, I didn't know what was happening. They started coming up around puberty, which is common. So they are somewhat hormonally triggered and linked, but mine started coming up in my groin and bottom area. But then I started getting some in my scalp and I was actually really thankful for that because then I had a way to go to my parents and say, hey, I have this thing without having to tell them, you know, that it was in the embarrassing parts because um, I just didn't have that kind of relationship with my parents. But, you know, I had them on my scalp and so my mom took me to the dermatologist and I didn't even share the full extent with the dermatologist. You know, as TMI as I am now, it's probably why I'm so TMI now and talk about all the things. <laughs> Because I held so much in for so long. I held in all the poop and I held in all of the um, skin angst that I was going through. So now you are the lucky recipient of all my TMI. Um, but anyway, so I didn't tell the dermatologist where else I had them. But um, I just kind of figured whatever they were doing to treat my scalp would also, you know, surely cover the other areas as well. 
So did a lot of antibiotics, which is probably why I have battled the gut health over the years. Um, I did Accutane, which probably left me with some residual liver issues that I'm always, you know, that I probably need to continue working on. It's really, really hard on your liver, the, the Accutane. Um, creams, gels, shots, you know, you name it, I tried it. Um, and it, it wasn't until after college and I had a job and had my own insurance um, that I went back, picked up kind of going back to the doctor because honestly, nothing was working. You know, not none of those things really worked. Um, and so, you know, I did all that in high school, but then I went to college and your way and I just, you know, wasn't working anyway. So I didn't do much about it in college. But afterward, you know, when I was settled back into my first job and I had my first apartment and I live with Christy, my best friend. I'll never forget the moment I told her that I had uh, HS and other places on my body because she knew the, about the ones I had on my scalp because she liked to pop and squeeze them because she's, you know, weird. <laughs> you know, how there's those weird people like that. They love to pop zits. I mean, that totally grosses me out. But uh, she had a field day on my head because I had those on my head and they're extra big. And so I guess it's really rewarding when you pop it and you get all that junk coming out. Oh my gosh, are y'all dying right now? <laughs> but anyway, so gross. Anyway, I never told her about the ones in my groin. Y'all, I can't even tell you, not only the physical pain um, and stress this condition causes, but the emotional stress as well. I mean, it's it's in embarrassing places, right? You don't want to tell anybody. When it starts when you're a kid, you're like, I'm gross. What is wrong with me? Um, you're walking on eggshells all the time because you're hoping that none of them like you know pop um basically um and bleed through your clothes you know you're stressed wearing any kind of bathing suit or sleeveless shirt if you have them in your armpits i never did but i always wore shorts over my swimsuit when i was growing up and you know i'm sure people thought that i was you know had something like a i i, I know people did because they'd be like why are you wearing that because they, they thought i had like a problem with my weight, you know, or my body shape. And I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, but I just had all these nasty sores along my bikini line, you know, that I was so self-conscious about. think, you know, I can kind of relate it to you. Think of how you felt as a young girl when you first got your period and you were so like hyper worried about starting that you might start at school, you know, you might leak um, or start and then it would, you know, you would bleed through your pants or your shorts or whatever. That's how I felt like every day of my life in high school. Okay. Because, you know, I was like, am I going to sit wrong? And is it going to trigger one of these? Are they going to open up and leak? And I know that's so gross, but that was my life. You know, that's a lot. But um, when I was in my early 20s, uh, I got surgery. I knew at that time that I was going to be moving to the ranch. And by the way, the whole topic of having this condition and having a partner is just like a whole nother level of stress and anxiety. Um, but anyway, I knew I was moving to the ranch and I wanted to get surgery while I still had insurance because, you know, I was working at my job in Houston and I had a good job and had insurance. And then I was like, hey, I'm going to give all this up and move to the ranch to be with Brian. Um, but I wanted to take advantage of that because uh I figured I would never experience that level of having insurance again. And I haven't. <laughs> insurance is not great for self-employed people. Um, but for that surgery, they cut big strips of skin uh, from my growing area. 
It was incredibly painful. I was in a bed for a week recovering. And, you know, the surgery helped a little bit. It reduced the severity of it, I would say. But it didn't get rid of it. You know, it kind of reminds me of just, you know, how we go in and chop off body parts, you know, like for cancer or diabetes. And But, you know, we're not addressing the root cause um, of the illness, the disease, the condition. Um, so I still had it. And they, they can cut it all out of my skin. But it came back. It didn't come back quite as bad after the surgery, but um, it came back. And it wasn't until I changed my diet, which, by the way, no doctor had ever asked me about. And I had been to several. I had been to a top Texas dermatologist, kind of a famous one in the state. Um, And no question at all about what I was putting into my body. But when I was in my mid to late 20s, it was the first time I read that diet could help, you know, this skin condition. But that you had to give up bread and dairy and wine and sugar. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I cannot do that. <laughs> and I want you all to hear that because I have been at every stage of this, okay? And at that moment, sadly, I was willing to live with this because I had lived with it for so long. And I was skeptical that, it, you know, it would work. And I didn't want to do what it would take to change it. So I didn't. Um, I needed a better motivator. And that motivator was a baby because it was, you know, really not until I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility that I was like, you know, I had to kick things into gear because I've mentioned here, you know, my husband was not on board with fertility treatments, which was a sore spot for us. But ultimately, all of this was a blessing because I wouldn't be doing today uh, what I'm doing if it hadn't played out just like it did having this condition, getting the infertility diagnosis, having my stubborn husband refuse fertility treatments, all of it is why I'm here today. Now, back to that woman's question about questioning God. See, I used to think that God gave me this condition. You know, like, we all have our things, right? This is just my cross to bear. And when you think that way, it puts a huge barrier between you and the Lord. And you can't have a relationship with someone that you think gives you bad things on purpose. And it made me so sad because so many people in this um, thread under this question that this woman asked were commenting that, yes, they felt like lepers. Yes, it made them question God. Yes, it's what turned them away from God, made them not believe in God because they felt like God either gave it to them or wasn't answering their prayers for healing. And it broke my heart to read that because I get it. But it wasn't until I turned back to God's provision, to the foods he created me to eat, that I found my healing. God did not give me this. It is a byproduct of the toxic world that we live in. And with HS, hydrogenitis superativa, which is a skin condition, right? And we know that our skin is our largest detoxification organ. You know, our bodies are screaming that it needs to get something out when this is happening. You know, so this is a detox issue. And I also believe it's a lymphatic condition, but it's all rooted in the junk going in our bodies from food to antibiotics to the chemicals, you know, that we you know, inhale and slather on ourselves every day, you know, in our skincare and our makeup, all of it. 
and our bodies need to get it out. And this is one of those ways. And when I understood that, I stopped blaming God and I stopped blaming my body. My body is doing what it is designed to do. It's trying to get those toxins out of me. And I can help my body by not putting them in there in the first place. And it does help my body. I manage my skin condition through my diet and through making different lifestyle choices about what I put, you know, on my skin, what I have in my home, the air that I breathe. You know, we talked about this last week with Dr. Z, right? When I stopped eating gluten and I stopped eating the bad oils and excessive sugar, my skin condition practically disappeared. You know, but if I'm eating a lot of sugar or getting more oils in my diet than usual, like if I'm eating out more often, it will come back. I mean, not really, really bad, but it will. So, I mean, it's not cured, it's managed. But I have the power in my hands by the power of God's provision. And we all do, my friends. And I wanted to particularly share um, that since it's my birthday episode. And I always reflect on my health and how God has led me here at this, you know, at this time of the year, I'm always just thinking about this. Um, and I hope that it gives you hope and perspective and maybe the motivation that you need to try. So I will leave you with that today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was um, informative for you. Um, and I hope it didn't gross you out too bad. <laughs> Don't forget to check out the wellness and supplement list, the Equinox Detox. Both of those are under my website under free downloads. Um, And also to leave a podcast review once or every day this week. Um, If you want to be part of my birthday present giveaway, I am so incredibly grateful for your kind words and for your help in spreading this, um, this word, you know, and this good news. Um, that we can take our healing into our own hands and that God has provided um, us with the things that we need and that our God is so, so good. So thank you, my friends. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.